And, and for me, it's really good to experience for myself that just doing something that's fun is really valuable as well. And it's really good that we as a company make sure that people have time for that. Welcome to the Ball.com Tech Lab podcast. In this podcast, we share our experience with you. Speaking behind the screens of IT and tech in general at Ball.com. Showing you our approach to IT, e-commerce and retail platforms. We are looking into the things that we are enthusiastic about that are happening here. As always, we have a bunch of ideas to share in this series. This is how we do IT. I'm hosting this show together with Peter Brouwers. My name is Peter Paul van der Beek. We both performed in several roles in IT here at Ball.com. With that background and all the experience that came with it, we're really looking forward to share insights and learnings with you. Like many other organizations, Ball.com has a service landscape. One of the challenges in a microservice landscape is to locate the service with the capabilities you need. Another one is to keep track of your customers, your consumers. Using ourselves as an example, at Ball.com we work with over 120 teams on over 850 different applications, varying from services, uh, GUIs, um, data builders, and other type, types of applications. So in these environments, it's crucial to understand what applications we have, what functionality they offer, and who are working on them. In the past, the list of applications was maintained on our Confluence pages by hand. Uh, later, engineers integrated properties data uh, to become more accurate. And recently, a team stood up to make it spot on. One single source of truth. It's called the Software Parade, and it's built based on Neo4j. And we may be given away too much, but there's also something very interesting about how this service came into existence. So if you are interested in these kind of challenges and the way to approach these challenges, uh, or you want to know more about the way we used Neo4j, keep on listening. So it's time to introduce our guests to you, as they know everything about these aspects. So today we have uh, Christel Nieuwenhuis. She's an architect in what I call some special parts of our landscape. That's basically internal organization like HR. And she's also uh, the product owner in one of our uh, webshop teams. So welcome. Thank you. And we have uh, Ronald Willems. He's an architect in the customer service uh, domain. And if you've listened to previous uh, episodes, that's the domain where we do the intent recognition that we talked about uh, a few episodes uh, back. So welcome, Ronald. Yeah, thank you. So, yeah, to start, could you share uh, something about the origin of the Software Parade Neo? Uh, I think that's a story for Ronald to tell, because it was basically his idea when yeah. it started. <coughs> yeah, it started all that I was thinking, I haven't been programming for a few years, and now we're moving to the cloud, so I want to do that myself. I want to discover how I was programming in the cloud. How is that different than what I did a few years ago? Mm -hmm. Um, so um, we as an architect, we don't program too much anymore. Okay. Um, we we, well, we're not paid for it. We're not paid for <laughs> it. No, we're <laughs> okay. paid for main <laughs> diagrams. You're and paid for not to program. Okay. Not to program, listening to people solving yeah. more complex problems. But, um, but you had an itch. You wanted to yeah, program again. Yeah, I wanted to program again. <laughs> yeah, I think that was the main drive. And I wanted to learn the Google Cloud. I did all the, uh, quite some of the courses okay. uh, to understand it. Uh, so I thought, let's let's do it and let's do it together with architects. Maybe more architects want to program because uh, we, we don't do that too much, and uh, we want, yeah. want to learn and understand what developers are uh, um, experiencing. 
Yeah, so basically, so, you also wanted to to experience what they are experiences uh, experiencing, so you could help them better understand their problem, understand their issues. Is that correct? Exactly. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah. And also, of course, because it's fun. You know, I know how fun it is, and I haven't uh, I didn't do it for a while. So, so that's when I said, let's uh, let's let's become a scrum team as architects ourselves. So we we are just created uh, with the. Um, I managed that we were able to program right? okay. because we were not listed. <laughs> uh, that was a, a thing in itself. And then we thought, let's. so what are we going to do? Well, I think... So there you had a clean slate, basically. Yeah. 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 And then we could do anything. <laughs> yeah, we could do anything. Yeah. And that's one of the great things, of course, about code yeah. because <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of tools. And you could... And you, so you stared at this white paper and then... Uh-huh. Yeah, someone had a divine intervention or something. What what happened? No, I think I, 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 that was also my first mail to the to to our architect team. I said uh, I, we are now a scrum team. We can do anything we want. Uh, and I think one of the things is that uh, we have been, we are so many so big growing in new microservices. They're getting smaller. Are mm-hmm. uh, they mm-hmm. getting more teams, more functionality? Uh, it's hard to get the grip on this. And mm-hmm. I think the first step is no, knowing which are there. And we didn't have one source for that. So I said, let's try to remove the Confluence page and automate it. That I think that was only in two sentences. Uh, yeah. So and the, then, like basically the idea like, yeah, we want to program something and then let's do something that's meaningful and exactly. value, valuable yeah. as well. Or just hello world, basically. Yeah, yeah. Something more <laughs> than hello world and, and something that's, close to us as architects, that's basically also our responsibility, mm-hmm. uh, providing insight into our complete application architecture, yeah. what's out there, how they are applications related, which teams are responsible. Uh, people may expect that from us, that we can provide them insights. Sure. And we were losing that insight as well, because just having some list of manually maintained pages uh, wasn't going to work anymore. I think we, we grew in the number of applications like a, a factor 10 or something. And in the same time, the number of architects almost ain't the same. No. Right? So that, that doesn't scale. No. Yeah. And, and uh, like in the introduction, Peter mentioned the number of applications we currently have and the number of teams we currently have. So uh, now I just looked at it and the number of teams is now 132. So that's Whoa. 132 <laughs> Scrum teams working on stuff on a daily basis. And I think 852 applications. And we have those numbers because we created this application. Yeah, but be- we, we went live in February. I think before February, if you would have asked anyone in this company within IT, like give an estimate of the number of applications we have and give an estimate of the number of teams we have, I think it would be like 50% off or something. At least, uh, at least. Yeah. I feel yeah, because that, that's yeah. one of the, 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 the insights that is has given, at, at least to me, because um, in general I would have said, it, at least back in that time, that the number of Scrum teams would be around 70, 80. Yeah. But we missed some because, for example, we missed all the virtual teams that are existing, like the ones that you yourselves are in. Yeah. Like we're not like an official team with an official product owner and uh, a team manager, uh, but yeah, we have a lot of those teams that just take on stuff that they think it's important and they just create a team. And you're now have OPEX in your team, so it's, uh, it's <laughs> we now it's we're really we're team, actually right? responsible <laughs> for something to keep yeah. it alive. I, I, we really had our first critical like two months ago, right? Over yeah. months ago, yeah. <laughs> what yeah. <else>? <laughs> Well, it, it was a it was a security uh, thingy no. that yeah. was found, <laughs> and uh, uh, it may be 
feel kind of proud. Like we, we are, we've grown up now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're having actual security. Uh, yeah, I had to actually bugs. cancel architecture meetings in Italy. I fixed the yeah. security <laughs> book because it's a critical. So yeah, yeah that, it's, uh, yeah, that's how it works. Yeah, yeah. 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 Fortunately, yeah. most of the things can wait a little. You know, it's not mission critical. Of course, the application. Uh, otherwise, I don't think a virtual team uh, would be good enough. So how big is the team right now that you're uh, working on this specific topic? Five people yeah, working? Yeah, five, four, six. Five. It differs uh, like yeah. the amount of time that people can, can spare to work on it. But okay. somewhere around yeah. that. So, yeah. so, you, so you wanted to have fun. You wanted to explore the cloud. Um, you created the team. You created the purpose. Right? You wanted to build something meaningful. Yeah. So what was next? Well, we started thinking about, okay, so uh, are we going to create something called Software Parade? Uh, we want to show off all the software we have um, in the organization. Uh, um, and, and for me, ever since university, I enjoyed the subject of uh, graph theory. It was one of my favorite subjects at university. And I think the same goes for Ronald as well, yeah. because we, we met in, in university. Um, so I thought, this is going to be a great opportunity to try out graph database technology. Because uh, giving people information about applications and teams that we have is not just about uh, um, lists of stuff on a page, but actually connections between them. That's where the real value is in the information. Like, how are all these applications connecting to each other? What is talking to what other application? Which team is responsible? Who is in the team? In, uh, for every team member, uh, are they a member of other teams as well? So we've created this big hyperlinked world where you can just click from one application to the next, to a team, to other applications of that team, to the domain that the application is part of. And it's basically one big graph. So you want to use technology that's suited for that situation. Can you, can you and that means um, graph databases. Can you help me out? Because I'm really, uh, I, I don't know anything about the graph databases. I knew the, the relational databases and the, the non-relational uh, uh, databases, databases. So this is a totally new subject for me. Can you describe in a nutshell what it is about? What, and, and how does it yeah. differ? For well, uh, um, a graph is basically uh, um, some nodes and some lines between them. Nodes and relationships between them. Like you you would just draw a graph on the whiteboard. Uh, a relational database is really good in storing notes and relationships between them. And it makes life especially easy in the department of writing queries. There's um, this cipher query language that's specifically targeted towards writing queries about a graph. And you can, it's really easy to write a query like, hey, I, I have this uh, application called WebShop over here. And I have this service called Discount over here. And is there any relationship between the two? Uh, I don't care in how many steps, but is there some kind of connection? And uh, it's really easy to uh, ask that question in this cipher query language. Um, and it's optimized for performing graph queries. It's optimized for traversing those relationships um, really quickly. So um, let's check if I get it uh, right. In the relational databases, you, you can query because you know how the relations work. Yeah. 
And in this type of databases, you don't know the relations. So that's what you want to ask. Is yeah, yeah, it could be that you, you don't know uh, <coughs> what the path would look like. Uh, you're just interested. Like, is there a path between these two nodes? Exactly. It's okay. really easy to ask such a query. And I think one of the biggest differences with a relational database is that in a relational database, your entities play a primary role and the relationships between those entities um, uh, are of lesser importance. Like you can model relationship and use referential key integrity and stuff like that. Uh, but it makes it harder to fetch the relations. In a graph database, relationships are just as important as nodes. They, they play a similar role. Like they can even <coughs> also have uh, attributes, relationships, or relations are a primary, uh, uh, a primary citizen. L like nodes, they can yeah. have everything. And that makes it modeling uh, much easier and much more. It feels much more real world modeling. You know, the, the relational database, it's, it's much more something that IT invented and graph databases feels much more like how the world works. And you, so the different, the, 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 yeah, the gap between the real world and the databases is much less. Uh, you even, even the, the standard, uh, the standard UI on the, on the graph database, it, uh, it was al almost already sufficient, right? Just the data model and showing the standard UI yeah. on the database, that was al already something uh, amazing. The yeah. first version that we made was, was just that. And that True. was already yeah. because quite amazing. Yeah. Neo4j, the graph database that we use, it comes with a, with a query browser where you can just execute a query, but you get a visual result uh, where you can already uh, choose uh, colors and whatever you need to make the result more m meaningful for mm -hmm. humans to understand. But uh, it's so much more meaningful to have information presented to you in a graph than information presented in tables. Yeah, list basically. And yeah. I think that's one of the reasons for using this is also that we thought that we, we need to we need a wow factor to this product, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> that was, I think, one of the first <laughs> things that you added to it. Okay, good idea, Ronald, but let's not do, do a list. Let's create a wow factor to it because then people will be using it and get enthusiastic about it and maybe others will join. So um, yeah. I think that was one of the reasons to to use the, the graph database as well, because we could then wow it. We could uh, create something, new insights. Exactly. And, and you needed the wow factor basically no, for the fun for yourself, basically, exactly. yeah. to, um, uh, to make other people use it. Definitely. It's part of marketing as well, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you want people to use it. So. And, and also to ask other people to contribute. Right, not every, because we started as a with developer. a small as a developer. Yeah, yeah, we started with a small group, and 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 more people joined, mm -hmm. um, and uh, so that also helps. Yeah. How did you come up with the? Uh, and because graph databases is the concept, and Neo4j is, I think, the one of the the tools you can use. Uh, uh, but I I don't think we already had it in Bot.com, right? Uh, no, no, I think some of the data scientists uh, have um, used it maybe or tried it in some sort of situation, but it's not used in production um, at the moment. Is it when you start Googling for graph databases, it's, it's one of the mostly used graph databases out there at the moment. So there's a big community as well, which, which helps if you're starting with something, uh, something new. It, uh, you're not the very, very first one. Of course, we like using new and cutting-edge technology, but it's nice to have some kind of community around it. Yeah. And uh, they have a really good uh, community open source-based version that we could uh, that we could use. 
yeah, which is not completely suited for use in, cu in Kubernetes. So that was one of the challenges because we didn't have it. We didn't have it as a standard service in in our cloud. Okay, so basically, when we when you want to do something in the cloud, you want to do Neo4j, yeah, and then oh, it can run in the cloud, yeah. but it's not yet one of the tools we as Bol.com use in the cloud. True. So that was one of the, I guess, hurdles in your uh, journey. Let's call it that. Yeah. How yeah. did you solve it? Um, I think uh, trying a lot and talking to a lot of people. Um, okay. There were it's um, the, the community edition is not scalable, so um, uh, it can only run one instance at a time. Okay. Um, and, and using Kubernetes with persistent disks is also not advisable, uh, but you have to do that in a database. So even getting the authority that we were able to do that, that was, uh, we, we need to talk to people yes. uh, to get this authority. Okay. Um, yeah, a, a lot of uh, trying and... Um, uh, help, uh, yeah, asking for help. Uh, a lot of people helped us, so that was really cool. So really, it was really, really yeah. That all these people helped you, basically. And w what does the current setup look like? Because another little about you struggling, what it had to be. Mm -hmm. How does it look today? Uh, uh, what are you interested about setup? Like, how does it, uh, yeah, it still, uh, for a user or more like no, internal? Well, in the background, so is it you, you, uh, running still on Kubernetes with these fixed uh, thingies? I think in total we have five deployments now for uh, the yeah. for the whole and one of them is uh, is of course an e4j database which mm -hmm. is uh, running in kubernetes oh, everything is running in kubernetes so that's one yeah. and we uh, like if you would go from bottom to yeah. top at the very bottom we have an etl application yeah. uh, extract translate load that yeah. just hooks in into all kinds of databases and services to get the raw data from yeah uh, on top of that is the database. Mm -hmm. On top of that one, we have built an API layer uh, on that database with REST endpoints. And on top of that is a React-based uh, GUI application. Cool. So that's a stack of four. And we introduced one actually new service to hold information about applications. What we ask okay. all the scrum, scrum teams to do like here now within this software parade, uh, we can list for what uh, services you're responsible, but please uh, uh, give some minimal documentation uh, for these services, like a, a description and fill in a, a more logical name. Uh, and we need to store that somewhere as well. So we exactly. created a separate service. That's then component yeah, number that was, five. That was probably stored in Confluence. Yeah. And now you had to uh, basically, yeah, you say, with an application like this, you don't try to think of everything yourself. You want to basically gather data from different sources. That's, That's true, I guess, yeah. what you need like to like We rely heavily on all kinds of uh, deployment descriptors mm -hmm. that we use to describe the landscape. Mm -hmm. um, and that's like the truth of our landscape. But uh, based on those deployment descriptions and based on uh, connection information, we can find out that that we have an application called ABC and that's talking to another application called XYZ. That's not really that meaningful. Uh, we want to provide teams the opportunity to also explain, okay, uh, this application called ABC, this is the description, this is what it actually does. Exactly, and and the, the, like the ABC was in one of these source systems already yeah. uh, available. And, uh, well, it's good to know that there's the graph, the relationship between all these things. 
but we want to add data and add value because of that, because that's where people can find stuff based on, uh, and yeah. Yeah, that's where it gets meaningful. Yeah, and exactly. Since one of the things, because we said that we want to introduce the wow factor. Mm -hmm. We don't only want yeah. to replace these manually maintained Confluence pages, but mm -hmm. we want to add something extra. Yeah. And one of those things was also uh, introducing the concept of tags. So everyone can just add tags to these uh, applications. And um, that's really meaningful as well. Like one of the mostly used tags at the moment is the tag deprecated, where teams can actually indicate like, uh, it's somewhere in time, we're going to say goodbye to, <laughs> to uh, this service, so please don't use it anymore. Yeah, so so you described that it's uh, getting data from a lot of uh, sources. Uh, you have the database in it, uh, you have the, the new service in it, so a lot of components uh, in there as well. Um, from the beginning on, how did you uh, split it up to make it to start small? And uh, did you have a plan in mind to get there, or was it? Uh, Along the way, plant along the way. Ooh, I, th plan. I think we had uh, architecture. Did we have a plan. <laughs> I think. Uh, <laughs> Asking. Yeah, we are architects, so uh, <laughs> I, think, I think we did, and and it was yeah. it wasn't that far off from where we're now. Where no, no, we, no, we did I introduce a little bit more. I, I think those layers, in, like in an run. ETL layer and yeah. database API, and on top of that a GUI, we yeah. we had that from the start. Yeah, and that was also it. Um, it helped us that different uh, we could develop our own part so what we did was a lot of scrum teams don't do that of course they have collective code ownership and i don't know why but we started everybody working on its own parts yeah, on its own layer in its own layer and it it that worked quite well yeah uh, but on the other hand if there is an if, if there is a now a critical or something then yeah that's a problem of course you know it's then not in my layer so if you're are. really speedy by this because <laughs> if you're only uh, if you're on your own you can yeah you can go really fast yeah. um but if, if it would be more a critical application i don't think it's wise uh, to do no, that no. and it doesn't really help for feature development like actually yeah. adding new features you usually need some changes in all layers so uh, that that will require some other setup yeah. but it 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 worked for us yeah. to uh, get it up and running but of course then a feature would re uh, require coordination how do you did, did you solve that coordination part Oh yeah, Google Chat Room. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it works yeah. brilliantly. Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think we're now a little bit more mature. That you, you we now have a, a Jira backlog with stories. Yeah. Right. Uh, but in the beginning, we didn't have that at all. We just, uh, um, yeah, the Google Chat Room. That was. Yeah, I'll start working on this now. I'll right start then. working yeah. on oh, this. Oh, great. Just, oh, yeah. then I'll do that. Uh, but. Just tomorrow, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've okay. written some code. Can you? Yeah, I've it? written the UI. I've I've done some. I put something in a database, but it doesn't work. And somebody make the ETL for this. Yeah. Right. That's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey, and when was the switch for you? When you, when did you start? Okay, but now we have, uh, like, we want to build a backlog because, uh, I don't know for what reason you did that, but when did that tipping point came and what? Was your experience? We were talking about it yesterday. Like, when did we go live? It was somewhere in half February, I think we concluded. Yeah. We, uh, went live. It was the two of us sitting behind the machine. Like, are we, are we going to push the button now? Delete the Confluence page. Yeah. And, did, uh, you, did you actually delete it? Well, yeah, Confluence has history, right? Yeah. So yeah, we so just, <laughs> I didn't delete it. We just uh, we overwritten it with a link to the new uh, page. Yeah. yeah. 
that, uh, yeah, but that was, and but a the, workplace the, post. Yeah. The definition for our minimal viable product to go live was, uh, at minimum, we need to be able to replace the things that you can currently see on that Confluence page. Yeah. Uh, uh, and the wow factor that was like kind of subjective of course this wow factor but uh, everything on that confluence page had to be in that tool yeah that okay but looking at you and, and you're feeling your enthusiasm the wow factor was there right yeah you can think that uh, <laughs> no, just, and I, I in the box sometimes it's too bad that, that this is a podcast <laughs> and that you cannot see the video because uh, i yeah. see the the smile of crystal <laughs> thinking back to that moment that you uh, yeah. removed and, and put a link on Confluence, that, yeah. that smile is, uh, no, that's is true. very and, good. And yeah. what, I'm, what, what I'm also really, really uh, proud of, not just that we did this, but like it, it started out as something fun uh, and then, okay, but then let's do something that's valuable as well and that, that's close to our hearts and responsibility as architects. But I think in, in quite a short time frame, it grew out to be something that's like uh, even uh, unmissable at this point in time. Okay. Like people really adopted it and said like, we really needed this. We, we were growing so big. This is exactly the right point in time to present a solution like this. With, with our scale, we cannot, how could we do without it? That's, that's uh, and, and I just really, I, I really like that. That, yeah. that the timing seemed to have been perfect too do something like this. Sure. But it just Being starts like out with fun. <laughs> yeah. like, uh, yes, so one one interesting topic to uh, to realize is that uh, you, you kind of started this as a reset for yourself, uh, uh, start coding again. Uh, so what did you uh, get out of this uh, process or project for yourself that you're now using again in your role as architect towards the teams and product owner? Maybe a bit off topic. Yeah, yeah topic a good one. It, it didn't prepare that one, but um, <laughs> I, I find it easier to uh, to communicate again to know um, where this uh, because we are moving to the cloud now, and it of course has a lot of challenges still. So it's much easier um, uh, to listen and talk to developers mm -hmm. to relate uh, to, to relate uh, to the problems. Um, I think that's one of the things that we got out of there. Yeah. Yeah, for me, it's also, also like recognizing the value of the fun factor because mm -hmm. you've experienced it yourself. Like uh, recognizing the value, of the, the, the freedom that developers get over here to just mm -hmm. spend some time on something yeah. like this, and then uh, uh, it could end up in something really valuable. And I'm I'm, I'm product owner as well for about fifty percent of your time yeah. for me, and that's uh, like of course you, you want to deliver features. And you want to work on the stuff that you actually had planned. Yeah. And and for me, it's really good to experience for myself that just doing something that's fun is really valuable as well. And that it's really good that we as a company uh, make sure that people have time for that. Yeah. yeah, for me also, the again, the realization that some small problems can be very tricky and hard to solve and take a lot of time. You know, as an architect, you get a more broader view and sometimes you feel like, okay, but that's, those are small problems that that, that that can't be too hard, right? And, and getting in there again and saying, okay, yeah, I knew this already. I've always known this, but doing it again, that, that helped, um, uh, yeah, realizing it again. Okay, and, and now I'm a software engineer at Bold.com and I want to help you out with the uh, a new feature as of tomorrow. What, what two main topics do you want to uh, uh, add to this uh, software parade? What can I work, uh, work on? Uh, 
Any idea, Ronald? Um, yeah. <laughs> what's on your wish list? What's my? Uh, I think <clears throat> the for me the the software operate it's it's a bit like um, uh, uh, like a map of. Uh, if you look at Google Street View, and I'm going to come to the topic afterwards. If you look at Google Street View, you, you see a street, and you, but you don't know where you are. And you can zoom out, and zoom out, and zoom out, and then in the end you see the world, and you know where you are. And um, what I would like the software operator to have to be the same for our software landscape. So it does already zoom out a little, right? Because we see all the applications and all the connections. But even then, a map of... 80, 850 applications with all the connections, it still doesn't give you an overview picture, right? It doesn't give you... It like, gives you like, chaos. Like, it it gives you chaos. <laughs> like like the, the map of the world with the boundaries of the countries, that, that gives a bit of structure, right? So I think we need some layers on top of it to, uh, to, Im to improve the structure and to be able to zoom out and zoom in. And we've introduced the concept of a domain. domain yeah, uh, so a, a domain can be customer service or financial operation or logistics. But the, it, I think we need uh, one or two levels extra probably. right? So the, the 800 services and then six domains, right? that's not good enough. Eh? And 800 services and 70 domains is also not good. So we need some more there to be able to zoom in and zoom out and to sh uh, divide responsibilities. Yeah. I think in this part we can uh, deliver some extra value, and then maybe even the next part for me would be even to go down to street level. Right? To uh, so that means going down to the code, uh, going down to the components of your applications, going down to yeah. the code, so that we can zoom in and zoom out on all the levels available, and uh, that we have a shared view of the whole Bold.com uh, globe, globe, uh, the, the, the world globe. <laughs> how does it look like? And then to every line of code that that's uh, you know that. I think, but, but first, I think zooming out is the most important thing. Nice idea. Yeah. 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 And, and for me, I, I know we still have some blind spots regarding uh, connections between applications. So, uh, when you now look at the software parade, you can be quite impressed about the amount of information we can give you uh, about applications and how they relate to each other. Uh, but I know it's incomplete. Um, that's something we should be aware of as well. Because <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's something yeah. we need to work on because also a uh, mandatory thing to be complete in that area before we can actually uh, zoom out properly. Yeah. Like uh, if, if you're missing some connections mm. on a detailed level. And we're also still missing applications, by the way, because we are now having the application that we develop ourselves. But um, like the, we also have some SaaS applications, of course, that we're working with eh, yeah. Bold.com, and we yeah. also have some commercial, uh, commercial applications. applications. Yeah. So yeah. they are not in there yet, right? So yeah, or, or, uh, or very important, our mobile apps. Like we have an Android application and an iOS application for Bold.com, but they're not; those applications do not run uh, oh, within our data center. So. You cannot see them. You cannot see them. Okay. <laughs> okay. Interesting. And they're pretty important to yeah. us as a yeah. company. In a way. Yeah, they so are. The, <laughs> and I said, as a software engineer, can I contribute? But I can contribute, like, if, uh, Definitely. if I want to. Definitely. Like, we, we, yeah. we have a backlog of, uh, like, 50, 60 issues that uh, we would like to uh, add and fix and uh, complete. So, um, yeah, yeah. If, if people are interested, uh, we, have, uh, we have a Google chat room, Software Parade Neo. So... Uh, do that. Contact us. Well, yeah, I think it's uh, time to summarize. So for our listeners, can you share your most important uh, takeaway with us? 
Yeah, for me, the takeaway is that if you really believe you have something in Bold.com, uh, you should do it, but you should also invest free time in it, right? You have a job, and with a little bit of free time and create, make people enthusiastic, you can uh, realize something that, 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 that spins off and then gets into the normal company. Uh, but we did it as a hobby project, and we started it, and it, it needed to be done like that. So, um, yeah, if you want it, you have to invest a little bit of your own time. Neat. Yeah, and, and um, make sure you have fun in your day job. Of course, uh, your, your day job, you, you, you have a contract and you're supposed to do stuff. But make sure that your job is uh, about fun, about doing the things you like to do and doing the things you're, uh, you're good at. And uh, keep on searching for that. Nice. Well, yeah, thanks, Crystal and Ronald, for uh, sharing your stories with us. Um, a couple of months ago, when you sent out the mail, Software Parade is live. Uh, I, I didn't realize there was so much uh, behind it. So uh, for me, very insightful. Um, hope you enjoyed it as much as we did and that yes. you're willing to come back uh, by for another occasion. Yeah, yeah nice. sure. Thank you, nice. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you like this episode, check some of the others and subscribe to our feed. Go to Spotify or iTunes, search for TechLab, and subscribe. If you like this podcast, please leave a review. Hope to meet you in our next episode. Have fun.